up. Uh, I also want to thank everyone who was involved, like uh, like Tracy, of course, Rhoda, Tracy, Katie, and um, I know I'm leaving somebody else all of a sudden. Uh, that, huh? That were a part of, yeah, sorry, Beth. And I knew you were very, very prominent, very prominent in the uh, Night to Shine uh, Friday night. We had a big crowd here downstairs, and it was just a big prom night. And the, I mean, I haven't seen the church quite that decked out like it was Friday night. And uh, for the clients and uh, the special needs community, and we rolled out the red carpet, had, a, had our largest crowd out there cheering and clapping and, and when they were getting off the party bus. And, uh, uh, you know, as they were being wheeled in or walked in or, or carried in, um, and it was a great night, and uh, we were exhausted, but uh, it was my big thanks and Rhoda's big thanks to all of you for, and anybody else that was a part of that. It was just, uh, it was just great. So, um, if you got a, got a Bible, we're going to be in First Timothy, First Timothy. Chapter 3. 1 um, Timothy chapter 3. My, my concern today is, uh, is again about identity. Who we are, who you are, who I am, and who we are together, especially as a body of of Christ. I got to thinking about the church in the uh, Western civilized world, which is vastly quickly becoming uncivilized. And how the church in the, in the Western world, and that includes, I'm including Messianic congregations, Hispanic congregations, I'm including, you know, not, not this Anglo Saxon white Protestant, I'm including the church in the Western world that has lost its way. We don't even know who we are, what we're supposed to be about, what we're supposed to do. There's a brand new Bible study out, and I cannot recall the name right now. It's being produced right now. And it's being funded by the Rockefeller Foundation and a lot of other left-wing liberal communist groups. And they are, it's being written through Duke University. And it's going to be a fresh new Bible study that you're going to be, that's going to be appearing uh, through church source and other resources that you get. So you can learn about how to be a leftist Christian. Well, these aren't stupid people. They're on purposely calculating how to water down and neuter the church. The church is weak. We've lost our way. We've lost our power. Is the church a social club? You know, I, I like, I like socialness that we have and the socials that we do and you know, we're going to have fun when three on the strings here. They're going to, we're going to, they're going to tell jokes and laugh. They're probably going to tell some jokes about Baptists, Methodists, and Presbyterians, and who knows, Charismatics. They're going to sing some songs that aren't necessarily what we would call spiritual. They'll sing some that are going to be gospel-based. I'm going to laugh and have a good time. I want my ticket and wrote is right. i got to do more for, that, for her birthday than that, but anyway. 
I don't mind the social activity. But are we a social club? The big theme among churches today is, you know, social justice, which is just a buzzword or euphemism for uh, liberation theology and communist Marxist theology. Am I for justice? Of course. Am I for the treatment? There was a day if you brought this couple into a church, you would be crucified. A black and white couple married together. How do I know? Because I lived it. I lived it. I forgot when I came to Birmingham that it was called Bombingham. And when I started bringing black people in and people of color into the church, I got crucified. Now this was 40 years ago. Wow, it's been 40 years since we were there. Something like that. Not, not by everybody in the church, but there were certain ones that, you know, they had hatred in their heart and did not, I, don't, I even questioned if they were even really born again. Well, you're blessed to be here today. Are we a social justice? Is that our mission? How about, how, what, I, I know what we are. We're a relief agency. We're a relief agency. We, we, and again, I'm not against being a relief, giving relief. I'm not against meeting needs for people. Thank you for the offering you gave. I mean, we're able to pay off her total bill. We're able, somebody paid off her, her car was almost $600 worth of work on it, paid it off. Come on, from this church, come on. Thank you. I'm, I'm for relief, but is that our mission? Is that our task? Is that what we're about? I thank God for giving hands, part of our ministry, giving hands. We give away furniture, we give away clothes, we give away diapers, we give away uh, uh, stuff for the kitchen, we give away all kinds of things, and including the gospel through giving hands. Thank God we have a ministry like that. Come on, give it up for Beth. Will you right now? Come on. Are we a relief organization? Uh, I know. We're an NGO. non-governmental organization and we're what we're supposed to do we're supposed to be down on the border passing out to illegals food and tickets and 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 uh, airline tickets and uh, hotel stays and all the other kind of stuff that's being done in the name of Christianity that is not our mission it's not who we are. I hope I'm not sounding cruel or mean or because we love people. God's all about people. And if the, if, the, if the world's coming here, then let's get them the gospel somehow. Christ died for every single one of them. Side caveat. Two years ago, 
in a six-month period of time, there were 323 Chinese came across the border. Last year, there were, it was up in the same period of time, five or six months, three, 300, 400. I just saw this this morning on the news. This year, 24,000 nationalist Chinese have already crossed the border. Something's up. You better be paying attention, and you better be not have your head in the sand. And they know, I heard this from a senator himself, that some of them are connected to the Chinese Communist Party, some of them are connected to the, uh, to the um, uh, People's Liberation Army of China. Back, come back. So are we. By the way, you need to know for sure, number one, first of all, first and foremost, who you are as an individual, okay, Number one, I'm a man and not a woman, and I don't have to disrobe before you to prove it. And everybody's going, praise the Lord. And there are repercussions if you don't know who you are. But even as a believer, do you actually know, K-N-O-W, do y'all like that word? I love that word. I don't like this nefarious, this kind of... Uh, kind of, you know, foggy, cloudy, don't know who. I want to know some things. And for years, I even had the old battle myself until I, I mean, I come to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that I am a son of the living God. Amen. Come on. I'm a son. God gave me a new title. Son, which means I'm no longer a slave. Hallelujah. Slave to sin, slave to the law, or any of that stuff. And I'm not talking negatively about that. I wish you could have been downstairs when we had this huge discussion about the law of God and its prominence and why it's all, what it's all about and what it means. Oh, my. We had a wonderful time. But I'm just trying to say, I'm a son with a new title, and as a new title, I got a new name. Jesus' name was placed on me. How about you? And now we want to be more like Jesus, as Kyle saying. We're carrying around his name. But with that name, guess what? We got access to the very throne of the living God. Oh, my soul. And I can use his name before the Father, and I can use his name because we've also accessed a, an authority we never had before. Hello? And I'm just, I'm talking about, you know, of course, all the world and over our own flesh, and, and it goes on, but even in the demonic realm, and since Lindsay's here, let me pick on her. It's been a long time. I know some of you have heard the story many times, but I, I, I'm just telling you, this is real, and the demonic is real, and the satanic is real against you and against me. And I remember that this was over 20... How old are you now? Oh, my soul, don't tell me. <laughs> I know, I know how old you are. So 22 years ago, so we're sitting in our den because the Lord had revealed to me and Rhoda, because she was for... For up to six months since uh, there was a wreck that Rhoda and the girls had. They were all in this wreck right up here by Kingwood, the corner where Kingwood is right here. And uh, it was only all two lanes right then. And, you know, they got creamed. They got they, hospital, got checked out, blah, blah, blah. They had, you know, they had. Well, you know, oh, you refused that. But, uh, you know, they had seatbelt burns. They had the bag burns and all this stuff. Anyway, thank God they were all right. We thought. But as time went on. She started having trauma. She started having panic attacks at night. 
She told me she was fighting something. There was something in her bedroom downstairs. She was fighting. She would stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning. And it was getting to the point of crisis. And it was like, oh, okay, we've got to seek some kind of help here. We've got to go out, you know. And, you know, and I didn't really want to see no psych guy. And I didn't want to take whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I just got into the, God revealed to me and Rhoda that it was a spirit, a demonic power. And made it absolutely clear, told us the name of that. And we, when we found that out... <laughs> We took her into the den where we had prayer meeting just the other night. And we had a green sofa back then and, and we sat her down on that green sofa, dark green sofa. We sat her down and told her what was going on, what we were going to do. And I'm just telling you right then, my wife and I laid hands on her head and we spoke to that demon and we named that demon and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, we cast you off of her and out. She wasn't in her, but it was on her, oppressing her. And we cast that thing off of her in the name of Jesus. And that night she slept like a little baby. No, better than a little baby. And you know what? That's been 22 years ago. I just gave your age away. That was 22 years ago, and she has not had one problem since. You follow me? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be delivered and be set free. We need to get some spiritual eyes on. And one of the, well, anyway, I, I, I move on. So I, you got to know who you are individually. Are you a son and daughter of the living God and do you know it beyond any shadow of a doubt? Has God confirmed it to you? And there's ways he has. He, he knows how to confirm it to you. So we're no longer slaves. We are also heirs. And I mean, I, I'm going to inherit everything. You want to tag along with me? Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm inheriting everything because Jesus is getting it all. The Messiah is coming and all his and he's sharing it with me. Amen. Well, I can't believe y'all not saying he's sharing it with me too. <laughs> Where are y'all? <laughs> yeah. But we are not just sons of, of God. We are servants of a new covenant. And it, it thrills me because I get to the point now where I don't have to do all, I don't have to do giving hands. I don't have to do women of worth. I, you know, I, I'm Aaron staff. I got my hands involved in it, but there's a lot of people taking care of it now. You know, Rhoda, Leah, Leah, what's your name? Lindsay, <laughs> Emily, and several others now. I, I don't have to run Trinity Sports. I get to support it, brag about it. I get to, we get to go and help if we, you know. I even got to film one night. Yay, wow. At, at the ball game. Renee had to show me what to do, but anyway. Uh, you know, I, I don't have to do it. But I get to. I get to, I get to train. I get to teach. I told, I told Marilyn, yes, just walk by the Spirit of the living God. Just listen to Him, and He'll guide you right in ministry to widows. Why? Because we are servants of a new covenant. We are servants of the spirit of the living God. And we need to start doing that every day. Every day. 1 Timothy 3.14 says this. Are you there? 1 Timothy 3.14 says this. says, I am writing these things to you. Paul writing to Timothy. I'm writing these things to you hoping to come to you before long. Now, Timothy is in Ephesus. 
which is uh, on the western side of what we know as modern-day Turkey today. Ephesus is just a bunch of ruins, but it was a very prominent city uh, for the Roman province of Asia in that day. There was a, it was a port city as well. They had built an inland port. They had an amphitheater that seated 25,000 people. That's more than the BJCC downtown. I mean, this was no average city. He's, he's, uh, he's pastoring this, this area. And uh, some say it got up to be probably 100,000 people that were saved there. God was working and moving in this great city. But I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. Uh, this is not the sermon or the message, but it, this was for Timothy about how he should act and behave and guide and lead, but it's also about how the people should. And I'm just telling you, you need to get very familiar with this text to know how we are to re relate to each other and uh, how we ought to behave in God's, God's household. Which is point number one. Who are we? Who are we as, as, as the people of God? We are... We are the household of God. Now, it took me a long time to learn this because most of you know that I'm slow. But sure. Say it again. Some of you pick up things quicker than I do. But... I had to, there, there was a while there still looking for ways to build church and it was not about just becoming large because that was never the goal. Um, but it was about how to reach folks and make disciples and see folks saved and grow and, you know, and then all the books and all the things you would read for pastoral leadership was all about how to do things like a business. I, it was out there. I mean, the church growth movement in the industry was so big, that's what it was all about. And if you read these books or you listen to these seminars, you guys on videos, they knew what they were doing. And so, you know, I was building on this and building on that and trying this and trying that, you know, and finally God had to say, okay, let's go in reverse. Let's strip this away from you. Let's strip that over you. Let's get this away from you. Let's get this way to, how about just come back to me, Tim? Hello? which is one of the problems we're in the mess we're in today. And yesterday they were talking to me at the Bible study yesterday, uh, yesterday morning because you know, of how many churches they've been in or in the past or various places and you can never have access to the pastor. I want you to know my phone's open to you <laughs> and my door's open to you. Just by 8.30 you gotta be gone. <laughs> Rhoda got mad at me the other night because I told you all that. No, 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 but I mean, this is the liberty. Even when Alan was bad and things were not going well and passing away, I mean, Marilyn calls me at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes, you're free to do that. And my wife and I got up and we went over to minister to Marilyn at 3 o'clock in the morning because that's what you do. Why? Because we're a family. You follow me? We are the what? 
household of faith. Okay? We're a household. No wonder he tells the uh, qualifications if you're going to lead. This is up in chapter 3. We didn't read that. But if you're, gonna, if you're going to lead a congregation, you've got to be able to manage well your own household. Hello? That doesn't mean your children don't have to be perfect. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Well, anyway, I forgot that old song. That's an old Gaither song. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family, and these folks are so dear. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in its victory in this family so dear. That's why I'm so proud. I'm pleased and tickled that, you know, when Serena, Serena's taking care of things today at the funeral home with her mama. She's already been cremated. But folks of you all have been making calls already, and you're doing stuff, and you're taking meals over, and you're, you know, praise God. We are a family. We are a family. We are a family. We're going to operate as a family. I am a spiritual father. Butch is a spiritual father. Daniel is a spiritual father. We have spiritual mothers. Hello, hello, hello. And in Titus, in Timothy and Titus, he tells us how to operate as a family. Get familiar with the word. Number two, we're not only the household of God, and that's how we're going to operate. But we are number two then. What's the scripture say? Verse, uh, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. Notice the second one, which is the what? The church of the living God. By the way, aren't you glad we serve a God who can hear when you cry out to him? Who can actually see what's going on? And his eyes are on every continent of the land. And he even sees deeper down into the heart. All things are naked. Didn't you read that scripture? All things are open and naked to him. To whom we have to give an account. One of the scriptures Butch used last week. You know, I listened to it. We serve a God who can speak. That's another whole teaching. We are the church of the living God. I'm going to take this again. I read this to you about a month ago, but this is from Warren Wiersbe, and it's his thing, explanation about, uh, you know, the word ecclesia. Y'all say ecclesia. You just spoke in tongues. You just, you just spoke Greek. Ecclesia. E-K-K. -K. Okay. Well, the, he says the, the English word ecclesiastical comes from a Greek word, ecclesia, which means, y'all know, most of you know, a called out assembly. Ecclesia is a familiar New Testament word used 114 times and usually translated church. The church is God's called out assembly. The Greeks applied the word ecclesia to their own local assemblies. So this was a very familiar word back in ancient days. The Greeks applied the word ecclesia to their own local assemblies that 
transacted public business in free cities. All kind of guilds, trade unions, all other kind of groups, political as well. Uh, these were all called ecclesias. Okay? The ecclesia was made up of qualified citizens who were called out for the purpose of managing the affairs of the government. God, God has got his ecclesia. He's got his called out ones who are able to conduct his business on the earth. Hello. And to do his will and to walk it out and to use his authority and walk in his name. <laughs> we are a privileged people. We are a blessed and privileged people. As the church of the living God, and I, this is where I would like to dive off and if I had time because... I've already preached longer than I, I intended to today. Who cares? My backside. I would take you through the whole book of Ephesians about the church of the living God. I will tell you this. We are the dwelling place of God. Why do we come together? I can do church out in the woods. I can go, I can have worship wherever. Every, by the way, you're to worship God every single day, everywhere you're at. Come on, hello? You bring your worship with you. So why do we gather together? Because when God, when we gather together, I'm just telling you, God shows up in a way because he'll speak through a Susie. He'll speak through Inza. He'll speak through Butch. He'll speak through Lindsay. He'll speak through you. He'll speak through me. He'll just, and, and God, God, will, God will, all of a sudden we'll say, whoa, God is here. Just like the day when Heather walked into this place and came up here to give her testimony. She said, when I knew when I walked in here, I felt the love and the presence of God when I walked into this building. Shout to the Lord. We together are a dwelling place of God. God manifests himself when we're together. This is why, and why do you think Satan is going to try, even on the next pandemic, to shut down the church again? Oh, there's another one coming. And we are the dynamic people of God. That's who we are. What's that mean? All out of Ephesians, as the dy dynamic people of God, guess what? We get to be imitators of God. That's what he was singing about. And so, imitate God how? Walk in love. And walk in light. And you will be imitators of God. I'd love to dwell on that a whole lot more. Don't have time. Who are we? Let's just know who we are. I'm telling you, we're not an NGO. We're not just a relief organization. We're not here promoting social justice. We're not just a social, we're not a, a, just a social club. But we are on mission. I know who we are. We are a household of faith. Come on. And we are the church, the called out ones of the living God with specific assignments of specific people doing his will and bringing his will to pass on this earth. Come on. And then number three, okay? Well, what's the next phrase? Here we are. We should know how we ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church, which is the church of the living God. And then this one right here, what are we? The pillar and the support of the truth. So what's happened to truth? 
Most of you don't even know what truth is. You do, because I've taught you. I'm talking to those people, I'm talking to those folks who are listening by Facebook. I, I had to learn for myself. I had to figure out and learn that truth is that which corresponds to reality. And who in the world is living in reality today? Not very many. <laughs> Let me escape reality. There's nothing real. How many people, and how, the churches themselves, we're walking in that which is false. And then, then it turns out, yes, we're walking, and these words are overused a lot now, but then we're walking in that which is fake. You know, not next Sunday I'll come in here with one of those virtual things up around, things that just... <laughs> Technology's amazing. Um, I tell you what, what we'll do, Daniel's going to get it arranged for us. We'll, we'll just have... We'll have an AI service next Sunday. We'll have an avatar on the screen. What's happened to truth? It's not just that which conforms to reality. It's that which conforms closest to the original. So no wonder God is wanting to bring us back to be more like his son, Jesus Christ, who is the image of the living God. What did Jeremiah say? What does it say in Lamentations? Truth has fallen in the streets. And so there's nothing absolute, so we don't live in a modern world philosophically. We live in a postmodern world, and it's got so idiocy out there, such idiocy is going on, that there's, there's, if there's nothing absolute, then where does that lead you? What to what we have now? Nobody knows who they are. Depression on every hand. I read an article this week. There's this lady and gal. She wrote a book out of New York. And she is, uh, because she has been trying to find her sexuality thing. And so she's married to this guy. But then she, they can have multiple partners. And they call it, it's not just polyamory or whatever. It's called all, I mean, you know. And she's think. and of course, you know, this writer that's exposing the book is just talking about, you know, the lies and the deceptions that are in it. Um, I mean, and to where now, and I've heard about it even in Shelby County, we have children walking around in the high school as cats, and they actually have, thank you, litter boxes for them. Did you hear what Jane said? Isn't that insane? Emily could tell you more stories, but we don't have time. Truth, truth, truth. If the church is not going to support it, if the church is not going to proclaim it. And the truth is Jesus, of course. Well, what does it say on down? It says, 
Great is the mystery of godliness. He, Jesus, who was revealed in the flesh, God became man, who was vindicated in the spirit. How? By his miracles and by his resurrection. Who was seen by angels. Oh yeah, oh yeah, from the beginning all the way through. Who was seen by angels. He was proclaimed among the nations because even he, even though he came to the house of Israel, he spoke to the Syrophoenician woman. He went to the capitalist. He went to other places. Even the madman of Gadara was not a Jew. Come on. He was believed on among the nations. He was, he was proclaimed among the nations and he was believed on in the world and taken up into glory. Everything about us is about our Messiah, Jesus Christ. Come on. And so what is a, what is a support? Uh, King James Version uses the word ground. It's not the best word to use. But some other versions may use the word bulwark. It's really, it really is a buttress. And to use this illustration again, I was using this in preaching over in Africa, and I used the word bulwark and buttress, and my interpreter, my interpreter looked at me and went, what? <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? So years ago, over 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when we added this addition on in and uh, we didn't have these kind of gable, I mean, these kind of uh, trusses and everything. And so these are two by 12s that are up there, very heavy. And so the, the ridge line, when you went outside, you could see that it was sinking. So what did we had to do? An engineer came in here, he told us what to do. And he said, you need to build, you need to build a support wall. We call it a buttress right here. Because I just assumed all this been totally open. You know, oh no, we got to put a buttress in here. To hold up and support this roof, to keep it. So we still have it's cracking there. There's some cracks there, you know. But this it's doing its job. Come on. What's even more important than that, though, because to use the King James version of the word ground is when you go downstairs. Uh, I remember the day. I remember Lynn being there that day, and we were knocking out that wall, that concrete, poured concrete wall. We were having just taking slant hammers and busting that out. You guys remember that? That were here then and uh, knocking that wall down but you couldn't take the whole wall out so when you go downstairs what do you see you see you see from here to about right here is this poured concrete wall and then we added to it on both sides it is about that wide why to ground to stay to firm up this building so it wouldn't collapse and fall down uh, by the way, then we had to put an airline cable. We had to put some kind of cable <laughs> to even hold this thing together. I should shut up or y'all won't. We'll, we'll be having church outside next Sunday. Because <laughs> the walls were starting to bow out. <laughs> anyway. The, and if we took that wall out downstairs, all the way to the... That illustrates what the church is. Now, so what do we do? We proclaim the truth. And that's another whole sermon I thought about preaching it today. The, vi the five visions of my life that I want you to adopt and take from Scripture. I'll hold that. I'll save that one proclaim the truth that just ain't for me and Butch and Daniel and Seth and, and the truth is our Messiah 
It's all wrapped up in him. He is the way. He is the truth. We're to practice the truth. Practice the truth. By the way, we are a religion. Well, what do you mean? Yes, it's all centered around in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. But we do have practices. We do have doctrines. We do have things, you know, what most people can constitute a religion, so to speak. But ours is centered around the living God. You see the difference? By the way, and I heard someone say this yesterday, and I liked it. I just don't want you to put Jesus first. Matter of fact, you don't have to put Jesus first. Making the center of everything in your life. I thought, I'll use that. That was good. And it ministered to me. Make him the very center of everything you, you are. In your marriage, in your home, raising children, in your ministry, in your acquaintances, in everything. Uh, look, I haven't preached for a month, so give me, just be patient. <laughs> Rhoda and I, we don't sing as much as we used to, but there's three or four times we've sang this song over the years because you know this. My favorite choir group is the Brooklyn Tabernacle. My favorite vocal group is, uh, you know, the Bill Gaither Vocal Band. I know that dates me, but y'all forgive me. And my, my, yeah, my favorite single artist is Steve Green. Of course, he's, he's as older, older than I am now. <laughs> but I began to, I give, of course, she's downstairs ministering to the children. So, but this song just began to go through my mind. There's a call going out across the land and every nation. A call to all who swear allegiance to the cross of Christ. It's a call to true humility, to live our lives responsibly, to deepen our devotion to the cross at any price. Let us then be sober, moving only in the spirit as aliens and strangers in a hostile foreign land. The message we're proclaiming is repentance and forgiveness. The author of salvation to the dying race of man to love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of, where's Rhoda right there, is the heartbeat of our mission the spring from which our service overflows across the street or around the world. The mission's still the same. Proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. As a candle is consumed by the passion of the flame, spewing light unsparingly Throughout a darkened room, let us burn to know him deeper than our service flaming bright. We'll radiate his passions and blaze with holy light. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. 
the spring from which our service overflows, where across the street or around the world, the mission still the same, proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. God's making me aware and helping me connect with more people everywhere I go, even this week, at AutoZone, at Cracker Barrel. One day, not too long ago, I was at Cracker Barrel having lunch with someone, and the waitress' name was Natalie. And we had already received our food and everything, and she came back by. And all of a sudden, she just stood there for a moment or two. She was sharing something. She just stood there for a moment or two, and I went, oh. <laughs> and I said, Natalie, is there anything we can pray with you about? This is my pastor friend right here. Is there anything we can pray with you about? And I'm telling you, immediately tears welled up in her eyes. She said, my sister just died a couple of days ago. And she kept standing there. And she said, I'm actually at the Love Lady Center. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, God's working in this girl's life. And so she's recovering from a disastrous life, from disastrous choices she had made. And she said, you can also pray. She said, but there's another gal, a sister in the Lord. Oh, she's saved. She, there's this, another gal there who has just passed away at the Love Lady Center who was a dear friend of mine. This lady was burdened and broken. And she said, you can pray. I'm going to get, my, I'm going to, get to see my son tomorrow. He's living with his daddy right now. And I'll eventually get to see my daughter. What's the point? Everywhere you go, people are hurting, people are burdened, people have stories, people have concerns. And it was just watching where the father was working that day and joining him in his work. And right there in front of everybody, grabbed her, we grabbed her hand and started praying. Yeah, you got to use wisdom and discretion in how you handle things. We didn't stand up and, oh, mighty God, we didn't, you know, we didn't, you know. <laughs> but I guarantee you people were listening and watching. And there's more stories I can tell. And I am kicking myself because I, I, I'm so glad I got to go to the hospital to see Serena's mama and take her the gospel. <laughs> I didn't know she was going to be dead in three or four weeks. I didn't know. God wants to use us. He wants to use you. Will you say that God wants to use me? We are the house.
household of God, the church of the living God, and the pillar and the buttress of the truth. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you. Marilyn, will you come to this piano, please? I know Kyle's going to sing in just a moment. Oh, did he have to leave? Okay. Play softly a hymn of invitation. Will you bow your head before the Lord? God, help us, we pray. The church has just crumbled and failed and in the Western world, we are. Father, I thank you for the remnant churches that are true and holding to the faith. And I didn't read this on, but chapter 4, verse 1 says, but in latter days, the Spirit says, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. Help us, we pray. How many of you here know we're a family? We're a family. That's why, you know, I need you to look up just for a moment. I've been praying to God, why don't you give us a youth worker? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And he's trying to tell me, we're a family. So get the daddies who have young people, get them engaged and involved. I don't know, you may be in your 70s already. You may be already in your 50s. You may already be whatever. Look at Miss Betty here. Look what she's, Miss Betty Shop. come on. I'm raising Nathan. The family, start... And you don't even have to have young people. We can be a part of providing something for these young people as a family. Come on, talk to me. And let me say to you and all the parents, when your children get old enough to sit up and you've corrected them enough to teach them how to sit still in a service, they need to be in the service with you, not downstairs. Come on. They need, to, they need to be hearing what you're hearing. They need to be sensing what you're sensing. They need to be feeling what you're feeling. They need to have the same values that you have. I thank God for what's going on downstairs. But when they get old enough, they get ready. Man, I'm telling you, my daddy, I was in third grade sitting with him. Our whole family sat on one pew, and if I got out of hand, he'd flip in my ear. And then I would get in the car, and he'd say, when you get home, you're getting it. Well, I knew what that meant. That was the day I went and put on eight pair of underwear. And I got it. But I also learned how to sit in church. But I mean, I remember sermons when I was from third grade. Come on. I remember singers. I remember songs. I, re I caught the spirit of what was going on. We're a family. Operate like a family. We are the church of the living God, the unique, the unique called out ones for him. I am so excited about God's working in my grandchildren. God's got plans for this 
He ain't named Gabriel for nothing. Come on, talk to me. I hope you know what your name means. I'm just telling you. And we're the pillar of support of the truth.